You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. For me, it's not just remembering to pray. It's when I get there. I, I, the worship part goes fine. It's when I start praying for people. I, I get a really bad case of PADD, prayer attention deficit disorder. You know, I could be worshiping God, that's fine. But then I say, and Lord, be with Pastor Jonathan. And I think, oh, I got to meet with him. And I think, and when I pray for Dr. Ben, I get so bogged down. I just, I get so distracted by so many things when I pray for Dr. Ben. And it just, well, Pastor Mark McKnight, former staff pastor who's going to be sharing in a series with us here this summer, looking forward to that. He um, sent something out. He could have tweeted it. It says, my mind is like my internet browser. 19 tabs open, three of them are frozen. I have no idea where the music is coming from. (laughs) That's sort of me when I pray. I'm so thankful that Jesus gave us a prayer plan. My prayers got traction when I started to follow this prayer plan. Now, in your community groups, You've been uh, with the writer of the book that is a complimentary book to this study by Max Licato. He has what he calls a pocket prayer. Now watch this. It, it, um, he says, Father, you are good. There's that closeness with Abba Father we've been talking about. I need your help. There's that asking. Remember, it's not too late to ask. Heal me and forgive me. Remember confession built right into the prayer. And then they need help. Pastor Jonathan talked last weekend about praying for others. Then there's that praise. And so so there you have it. There's the prayer. It starts with closeness. And it moves to asking, confessing, interceding for others, and praise. And where it helps me is, because I'll get distracted. I think, now where was I talking to you, God? And then it just brings me back. And then when I finish praying about something, I know where to go next. I've worshipped him. I I can start asking. I can have my heart made clean again. Isn't it great? He pre-installed confession right into the prayer he gives us because he knew we would need continuous cleansing. And then I get praying for others and I go on my way praising. I mean, some people make prayer so complicated. I'm going to finish up today with a story of a new Christian who had listened to a whole series on prayer. And she told me when she got to the end, she was at a summer camp and she, as a hungry new Christian, wanted to learn about prayer. And she went for a whole series on prayer. Day after day, the teaching was on prayer. She said, I came to the conclusion at the end of the week, I could not pray. I hope Pastor Jonathan and I have done better for you than that in this series. But some people make prayer complicated. You know, someone gave one line of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our... Gave those seven words to a group of lawyers and asked them to put it into legalese. Here's what they come up with. We respectfully petition, request, and entreat that due and adequate provision be made this day and the date hereafter subscribed for the organizing of such methods of allocation and distribution as may be deemed necessary and proper to assure the reception by and for said petitioners of such quantities of baked cereal products as shall in the judgment of the aforesaid petitioners constitute a sufficient supply thereof. Amen. You know... (laughs) Like, skip the small talk. So here we are at the end of saying, oh, that's, I can do that. 
Here we're at the very final teaching of the Skip the Small Talk series. And, and I have a question for you. How are you going to pray the week after next? How much of a difference is this series going to make in your communication with God, in your Christian future? Um, you know, the series is over. Are you going to take your foot off the spiritual accelerator now <laughs> and not pray as much? Um, or should we have ushers at the doors on the way out handing out the, the thing that the poster boys had on that video? <laughs> just reminding us just to put them all over our, our uh, apartment or condo or, or house, reminding us to pray. Listen, if, here's, what I want, here's what we're going today. If the following three conditions are met in your life, I know that two weeks out, your prayer life is going to be flourishing. All right, what are the three conditions? Let's look at them all now, and then we'll come back and unpack them. Here's the first one. When you see that ultimate reality is in the realm that you cannot see, okay? That, that's where we're going to go first. And then when this condition is present, you humbly partner with God's power-sharing arrangement. And then this third one, you are prepared to overcome spiritual pushback. When those conditions are present in your life, in your understanding about communication with God, your prayer life will be flourishing. All right, let's start here. Let's start here. What goes through your mind when you open up the Bible and you read words like this? When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Asked Elijah, you'll, Elisha, you'll see him in a moment. Don't be afraid, the prophet, Elisha, answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What goes through your mind? You open up the Old Testament of the Bible and you read something like that about what? He got to see into another realm and there's these protective forces with fire all around the man of God. How, how, how does that work? And then, I mean, it's not an isolated incident. You know, you've got Abraham surrounded by people who use idols to worship. He doesn't even use any idols. He just prays to this invisible God in this idol-free zone. And then you've got Moses lifting up his shepherd's staff over the Red Sea, all this water, and it parts and becomes a, you know, a one-way 401 for the people to get across. So what, what goes through your mind when you see just this interaction between this invisible realm and what happens on earth. And then you've got Joshua. Remember they went to the promised land, takes them over the Jordan. And the first place they are to conquer is Jericho. And, uh, and he gives them this battle plan, MBS, march, seven days, blow the trumpets and scream. And then the walls come down. Like, what, what is this that can move into this physical realm and cause it to, to crumble. And then you've got Jehoshaphat. Remember Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament? He's facing an army that far outnumbers 
the army of the people of God. I mean, it's a suicide mission for them. And they go and pray to God, and God says this, send out the praise team first. How many of you, that's not a very re- good recruitment plan for a praise team. <laughs> Who wants to join the praise team first? You're going to go into the front lines against an enemy that wants to kill you. Listen to this. It says, as the praise singers went out and praised the Lord, here's what the Bible says, the Lord sent ambushes against the enemy. What's this interaction between this invisible realm and what happens in physical reality. And and this is not, I mean, you got Daniel, remember, put in with lion's den, put in the lion's den and the lions become vegetarians. You've got Elijah that prays fire down on a water-saturated altar. You've got Esther whose everything's against her and she calls a fast and within days evil implodes before their eyes. I mean, what is going on here? There, there's so much of the Old Testament describes events that happen on earth where, where there's this human interaction in, into a realm that we cannot see. What about the New Testament? I found one guy, he calculated that of the, in, his, in the one translation of the New Testament's 7,957 verses, 3,874 of them have to do with events and ideas that are alien to our natural worldview. So, half of the New Testament is about the supernatural realm that we cannot physically see. Jesus was so comfortable in that realm, wasn't he? Remember he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. He'd have prayer times and he would see into the invisible realm. The Gospels start with real-life accounts of people who were healed supernaturally, delivered from evil powers, lives totally transformed, and then Jesus says to his followers, now you guys do it. You do it. I'm sending my spirit who will empower you. It'll be just like having me with you. You go out and do for other people what I've done for you and what you've seen me doing for others. You you guys do it. And when you read the book of Acts, you know, the church prayed and people are healed. The church prays, the place where they're meeting was shaken. The church prays and they're spirit baptized. They, They begin to speak in a language that they have never learned. Where did that come from? The church prays and an angel walks Peter right out of a a prison. How does this happen? And then you come to instructions about you and I operating in this invisible realm. The instructions come from the Apostle Paul when he writes to Christians in Ephesus in modern day Turkey. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now this is, he, he spends a lot of time there. Just saying, you stand in God's power. Bad stuff's going to happen. You know where you, you guys know where you stand. He says, put on the armor of God. He's not talking about a physical armor. You read through that. He's talking about truth and the gospel and salvation and peace and faith and righteousness. You stand in that. Stand strongly. So, and if you do, you'll be able to take your stand against the... That, that, that's... that's then he even gets more detailed about the devil's powers. Our struggle, we'll come back to that word struggle 
or our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. Do you see that? It's our, when we pray, we're not struggling in the physical realm that we can see. We're struggling in a realm that we cannot see against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual force. He sort of summarizes the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, right now, if, you know, we call the prayer team up and they come and they're ready to pray for you. You may go away and say, you know, someone prayed for me. Psychologically, I feel better. I, I ventilated a need. I had confessions good for the soul. But all of that could just take place at a very human level, right? You could go to someone who wasn't even a Christian, and they're not even going to pray for you, and it could do you some good just to unload. A weight could be lifted. But there's something that happens here when we pray. We need to understand we're going into another realm, another realm, a heavenly realm. It's, it's, it's just, you see, this will do more than spice up your prayer life two, life two weeks out when you realize that when, when a Christian prays, they're actually just like people in the Bible. They're, they're operating in an invisible realm. Here's the way we, we put it now. You see that ultimate reality is in the realm that you cannot see. Why do you say ultimate reality is there? Because watch this. Hebrews says this. Hebrews says that this is the realm where the action is. Faith. Here's how you get there. Faith shows the, what's the next word? The? It, it's real. This realm is real. The reality of what we hope for, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. And so there's that, there's that realm that's out there. It's real. And it's accessed by, that, that's, you just have to believe that it's really there based on the evidence that you have about God and how he has interacted with humanity. And by what Jesus did on the cross, we have so many good reasons to have faith in him. By faith, we understand that the entire universe, he's just sort of adding another layer that we'll briefly look at here. The entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be. So the realm we're in now, the physical realm, is predated by the invisible realm. It is out of where nothing could be seen that things were made that now can be seen. So it predates the physical realm that you and I live in today. And watch this, it will outlast that realm. How many are thankful that when this body is done, absent from the body is to be? We, 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 we're in that other realm. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you know. Uh, Pastor Jonathan reminded us last week of something I said years ago I'd forgotten about. You know, you can't kill a Christian, you can only relocate them. <laughs> Because they go to be with the Lord. And so, but it's in a realm, you see, this is a superior realm that we get to operate in when it comes to prayer. It's ultimate reality. It takes faith to be in that realm. You know, for instance, right now, I'm going to talk to our online church friends. Esther's homesick today. It's her fault that I'm sick. No, it isn't. <laughs> but how do I know that people are there? You know, 
Online church, I can't see them. Online church, talk to me. The cameraman's waving at me, but that's about it. (laughs) I have to have faith. Listen, how many know we have a whole lot more reason to have faith in a God who has revealed himself through Jesus Christ? A lot more reason to have faith in him than we do even in technology that people are able to hear me in online church today. Amen? I mean, he's, he's, he's proven that. He's proven himself. This is where ultimate reality is. And when Jesus sent his followers out with instructions to, to heal and deliver from evil powers and to teach so that lives could be transformed, they came back like a bunch of kids that were just, we can't believe this, Lord. We saw so many people helped. We had great gatherings in your name. And Lord, in your name, we even saw people delivered from evil powers. And what did Jesus do? He praised God. He says, oh, Father, you reveal it to these little children. But listen to what he said to his disciples. He said this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I where, where, where did he see that? See, it was in that invisible realm. He could see something that, that happened there as a result of power and authority that was given in his name. All right. In that invisible realm, like for instance, we're going to have a, an annual members meeting in just a, a couple of hours here. And uh, that's going to be exciting. We look back in 2018 and there'll be reports. And, but, but how many understand that, that no one's going to get up? The treasurer, Joel Smith, boy, the Smiths do good stuff around here, don't they? <laughs> and and uh, they, if he stands up and gives this report, and how many got that booklet, all the statistics that happened around here because people prayed and gave and loved? But, you know, he's not going to stand up and say, all right, turn to page, you know, 27 in your financial reports for 2018. You'll notice that in 2018, seven metric tons of love were given to impact our city. Because of the teaching in the weekend services, people were freed from 1,800 kilos of unforgiveness. And because we praise the Lord in 224 gatherings during the year, while we praise God, 2.5 million units of spiritual power were administered by the Holy Spirit to our church family. Let's all stand and sing to God be the glory. How do you quantify the invisible? And yet that's the whole reason. How many know it's your love for Jesus that is why you're here today? You can't. You can say, I love him with all my heart. You can try and express it, but you can't see Jesus. Though we have not seen him, though we love him, as Peter said. It's just, but it's, every, it's why we give. It makes no sense to give money away, but we believe that given it shall be given because we trust the one who told us that and we've seen it proven. We've seen the evidence of when we have obeyed him in our lives. Love people that are unlovable. How many have at least two of those in your world? <laughs> You know, we, we do that. The only reason we do that is because Jesus told us to, and we trust him to know more about the love department than we do. So when we really get it, that ultimate reality is in that invisible realm, that, that'll do more than spice up your prayer life. That'll just give you, wow. That's why prayer is so powerful and significant, because It's in a whole realm out there. I can't expect myself to see it. And then second, 
You humbly partner with God's power-sharing arrangement. All right, valid question. If God's sovereign, he has his unstoppable plan for the human race, then what difference can you and I make if we pray? Is he going to change his plans because we pray? The quickest way to answer that is with, from one verse in James. You do not have because you do not. God not only knows what we're going to do, but he also allows some latitude for free choice for you and I to choose what happens here on earth. And it won't stop his plan from moving forward. But we have some choices in our own lives and those that we do life with, how much we're going to do, how much we're even going to pray. Jesus is so clear that prayer is a partnership with God's power. The one time, here's the context, he's teaching them about agreeing together in prayer. And he says, you know, I give you the authority to use my name and you have my power when you use my name. And then he says this, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid, can you imagine that whatever we forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Talk about a power sharing arrangement where we can limit or open the door to things that God wants to do. I'll never forget the time I was, we had just moved to Ottawa to pastor there, and um, there, there, there was this new Christian that was, was there. We, we told you about her earlier, and we'll get to that story in a few moments. But I was, oh yeah, I was uh, setting up the house for us. In the boys' room, there was a, uh, a radiator, electric radiator, that we didn't need. And so, have you ever done that where you, you disconnect some power? Don't get ahead of me. Anyway, you know, you, I'm down in the fuse box room, you know, clicking the panels. Esther's shouting to me when the lights go off in the boys' room where I'm going to disconnect this electric radiator. Okay, lights are out. And then I went up into the room, and with confidence, I took those pliers that are still black to this day. Because <laughs> I snapped those up. Boom! It was a shocking experience. There was power there even when we thought there wasn't. That's prayer. There's power there even when you don't think there is power there. Now, so what do we do? Do we just say, whoa, we better be careful when we pray that there's so much power. What if we get electrocuted? What if we ask for something that's not in God's will? He knows it's not good for us. Do you think God's going to say as a loving father, well, ask and it shall be given. I guess I said that. So you ask for it. You're going to get electrocuted. See you in heaven in a minute. You know, no, 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 no. What did we see last week? If we ask anything according to his will. According to his will. See, he's God, we're not. He knows everything, we know a little bit. How many are thankful he overrules what we pray because he knows best? I love the quote that Pastor Jonathan gave us last week. God gives us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that God knows. Isn't that good? Now, I, 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 I found this. Um, I wrote it down years ago. Uh, here's what someone I've heard a lot of requests over the years to the Lord and people praying their own agenda, but this one was good. Uh, she, she was, this girl wanted to have a relationship with a certain guy that was already going out with a girl. 
Here's what she prayed. Lord, make him break up with her so that he will know that you are with me. You know, all men will know you are with me. It just almost sounds spiritual if you say it that way, you know. How many were around in the 70s and 80s when you had bumper stickers on a lot of the cars of Christians? And remember that one, God is my co-pilot? And then someone else came up with another one that said, if God's your co-pilot, switch seats. <laughs> and that's true. There's times, listen, how many know we're, we don't pray to say my will be done. We pray to say thy will be done. He's God. We're not. There's a lot of power there when we pray, and we need to be careful that what we pray is according to His will. But it's not a matter of us just praying, and God's just going to do what He was going to do anyway. How many know we have not because we ask not? It's something, listen, here's the best way I can put it. Something happens every time we pray that would not have otherwise happened had we not prayed. Certainly can change me, can change the situation I pray, but something happens every time I pray that would not have otherwise happened had I not prayed. So prayer is not just restating what God is going to do anyway. It, it, is, it is a power-sharing arrangement. And when you know that, a couple of weeks out, you'll, you'll still be flourishing in your prayer life because you know, you know how much power is there. And then third, you are prepared to overcome spiritual pushback. Watch this. There can be a lot of reasons why it's tough to pray. We've seen already, I told you my biggest, when I mess up on the Lord, I just let him down. I, I, I sort of want to avoid him. <laughs> it's this father-son thing, I guess. Just, just, but we've seen already, as I taught you, he's built in confession right into the prayer. He knows we're going to mess up and he wants to just cleanse it away. It's not that we make light of it. It's that when we come to him and mean that we're sorry, he cleanses it away. But there's times where, as Pastor Jonathan talked about, we can be discouraged because we ask and we ask and we ask. But then we come to understand that our God knows what is best. We can keep on asking. We can seek until we find. We can knock until the door is open. There, there are so many reasons why we can get discouraged in prayer, and we've seen answers for them. You know, the, uh, in the intro video, the poster boys pointed out that we can forget to pray. But it's so insightful when we realize that there, there can be another reason why we can want to pray, and it's not that we're discouraged, or we know the Lord will cleanse us, but it's just, there's just something that we're pushing up against. And I'm going to show you, it can be in that invisible realm. Not all the time, but sometimes it can be there. It's like in the Old Testament example, we see Daniel. He prayed for something, 21 days went by, still no answer. And it was according to God's will. And then when the angel finally shows up with the answer to Daniel's prayer, the angel also gives this explanation. Daniel, the prayer that you prayed 21 years ago was held up in the heavenly realms. Something interfered with us getting this answer to you. And so there's, there's that pushback. You know, someone put it this way. They said, if the devil can stop the Christian from praying, the devil can stop the Christian. Because he cuts off your connection, Right? with your power source. 
It can be tough to pray, but we need to understand that, that there is this invisible realm. It's a reality, and sometimes that's the reason why it's tough to pray. Does Jesus talk about overcoming spiritual uh, pushback when we pray? Well, just listen to his prayer. You come down to that part of it. It says, lead us not into... He wouldn't have said that unless it would make a difference when we prayed when we would encounter that temptation. Deliver us from... Or the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. He wouldn't have said that unless when we prayed it would make a difference when we encountered that experience with the evil one. Do you see that? Jesus is saying you, you, you can expect you're going to have spiritual pushback. Remember when Paul told the Ephesian Christians, he said, you know, there's a lot of, there's God's out there in that invisible realm. He rules it for all of eternity. But out there in that realm, there's, there's those forces of darkness. Remember the rulers and, uh, of uh, darkness and evil? And they're out there too. And so he, he tells them, he gives them instructions what to do. He says, be strong in the Lord. You know, don't worry about those powers of darkness. You just, your job is to stand in God's mighty power. It's the greatest. Any, any other power is so substandard and secondary and sickly in comparison. Sickly by the old definition. Put on the full armor of God. Is that putting on a physical armor? No, that's that truth and righteousness and peace and the gospel and salvation and faith so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to keep standing, you'll still be standing, stand firm. And then he goes on to show us some of the tools that we can use in those times. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. How many prayers do you have? How many kinds of prayers? How many tools do you have in your spiritual toolbox? I have found that God has supplied praying in the spirit. That's the tool that I use in when those times where I where I just, God, what is it? I can't put my finger on the resistance or the opposition. I just know it's there. As I partner with you, do you know what I'm saying? You ever been there? It's not that you're emotionally discouraged or you're not having a bad day or it's not that you're just tired or, it's just that when you pray, there's just like you're up against something and you can't put your finger on it. I have found the best thing I can do, because when I discern, Oh, I'm probably hitting some resistance in the heavenly realms. I found the best thing I could do. I don't start rebuking the devil and get into all that nonsense. How many know the best thing you can do is exalt Jesus? You know, Paul says, pray in the spirit. But he also says this, praise in the spirit. Praise in the spirit. You, when you do not even know what's going on, you still have a tool in your toolkit if you can praise in the spirit. And, and, and next Sunday night, Right in this room at Cathedral, after I have a really wonderful time of just exalting Jesus in this place, I'm going to explain what it means to be spirit-baptized and for people to have that tool in their toolkit to pray in the Spirit, praise in the Spirit, and uh, listen, don't go any further in your Christian life without having the tools that God gave for you to use. 
He wants you to have that resource in your time of prayer where you can praise in the Spirit. And I just love those times where how many know that when you begin to praise the Lord, the pushback is when the enemy gets pushed back. <laughs> That's what happens. So you praise the Lord. Oh, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. There's something that happens there. All right, so here we are. In the closing moments of the final teaching of the Skip the Small Talk series, I trust it's been helpful. I hope you're going to be closer to Abba Father and let him speak to you as a son and daughter and that you, you ask him with fresh faith and keep on asking. You pray for others. And you confess. Just make that part of your everyday prayer time. Keep your heart clean. Now, Pastor Jonathan and I were talking about you last week and about ending this series and we agreed that, listen, you can have the best prayer plan ever. That doesn't mean that you're going to be praying two weeks out. What will inspire you and give you insight to pray two weeks out is when you see that the ultimate reality is in the invisible realm. That's where the action is. And you are hardwired by God to, to get in on that action. Different from any animal, you're made in God's image. You have a spirit so that you can connect with God in the invisible realm. And then secondly, if you humbly partner with God's power sharing arrangement, how many know something happens every time you pray that would not have otherwise happened if you had not prayed? And then three weeks out in your prayer life, you'll be prepared to overcome spiritual pushback. You'll stand your ground in Christ and the enemy will be pushed back as you exalt Jesus. Now, recently I, I walked through a prayer plan with our new Christians in a course called Next that I was teaching them was a, a couple of months ago. And, and, I, and I walked through, I said, you know, this is the prayer plan that Jesus gave us and you get praying about all kinds, you know right where to go next and it'll really help you. And, and uh, at the end of the presentation of the teaching, a uh, lady, uh, such a smart group of wonderful new Christians, most of them have been through Alpha, and put up her hand and she said, Pastor Keith, she said, um, so when I pray, this is the prayer that I'm supposed to use? And I said, oh, no, sweetheart, it's, it's, it's a prayer that Jesus gave us for our time with him, but oh, you can just keep on praying through it. You can get up in the morning and say, oh, Lord, thank you for a wonderful day. That's a prayer. You can be in the middle of something at work where you just need wisdom or God's strength to get through it. And you can say, oh God, send up a flare prayer. 911, please help me, God. And how many know he's there for you? We can just pray continuously. And then I told them a story about a new Christian in Ottawa. That girl that had new Christian, she was a married girl nurse, the husband and family were there. Well, Esther and I had been on vacation in Prince Edward Island, and we arrived back on a Saturday in Ottawa. I was unloading the tent trailer when my wife Esther asked me, she said, where are we gonna go to church tomorrow? I said, I hadn't thought of it. I, you know, if we go back to Woodville, the name of the church, they're going to be saying, hey, you're supposed to be on vacation. What are you doing here? How come you're not there preaching? You know, so I said, I know. I thought about it. I said, why don't we go to Ottawa Valley Camp? I'd spoken there and I, I knew about the camp and it's about an hour and something drive away. Let's, let's go there as a family to there and join their Sunday morning service. 
Well, the singing was already going on when we walked in the side door and there was about 200 people there in the service and over on this side was this new Christian. And she looked over and when she saw me, right in front of everybody else, she just, and she went over and she wrapped her arms around me. Oh, thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. It's nice to be missed by your new Christians. You know, I felt like I was just like, you know, almost like an answer to prayer or something. You know, I had no idea what was going on. Here's what was going on. She'd been through this week. Lord, I hear all this stuff about prayer and the mechanics of prayer. I can't pray. She's, but she was there and they, she heard about a water baptismal service they were having at the camp. And as a new Christian, she wanted to be water baptized. It had always been a heart's desire of her, hers to be baptized outdoors. The water baptismal service was taking place in a river right beside Ottawa Valley Camp. And so when she got up that morning, you know, she was registered to be water baptized, but she got up that morning, she said, oh Lord, I just wish Pastor Keith could be here to baptize me. And in I walked, an angel unawares, you know, just here I walked. That's what the big fuss was about. No, 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 watch this, watch this. She reached out to God as a child would reach out to their heavenly father. Oh God, this is the desire of my heart. Her request went right into an invisible realm. It activated more power than she knew was there. And something happened that would have not otherwise happened. In other words, she prayed. She prayed. And that's exactly what can happen when you pray. Right on? Why don't we pray about this? Lord, we look forward to that day when our faith will be sight. What is invisible here will be clearly visible forever. But until then, Lord, help us to get more and more faith activated in our conversations with you. Help us to trust you as our Abba Father. Hear you speak to us. May there be more closeness because of this time, even in this series. May we ask with greater faith. May we confess to be free. May we pray for others and know that you are making a difference there. And may we praise you, Lord. May we praise you. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand together with me upstairs, downstairs. Just stand at this time. Look at the screens. Let's pray that prayer that Jesus gave us to pray with more meaning than ever. You know, start with worship and then asking and there's confession in there. There's expression of faith to pray for others. Your kingdom come, Lord, in the lives of others. And then we end up just giving him praise and glory. Before we sing a song that just allows us to, before we go home, just praise Jesus. Let's Let's just pray this prayer together. Aloud together. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen.
make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.